This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 82 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Back on Track, with the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products and Equestrian Collections. Chris Stafford in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brett Parbury, coming to you from the southern highlands of New South Wales, Australia. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Welcome back, Brett. It's great to have you back on the show. Oh, it's great to be back, Chris. I, I, I love the show and, and I think you're doing a great job. So I've been down this morning and um, because it is morning in Australia and I've just managed to get out of all the mucking out. Gee, you can call me anytime. <laughs> well, um, I know that it's a it's coming obviously a very different season for you, and coming into the last of the competitions down under, we just have uh, one item of news from down under this week. But what you should tell everybody who's on the show this week, I managed to catch up with a young man, Brett. His name is Endel Otz, and he is uh, going over to Germany shortly to um, spend a year training with Hubertus Schmidt. So. I'm looking forward to sharing that conversation with you a little bit later on in the show. But uh, since you've been on the show, what have you been up to, Brett? Did you go and do some clinics? I've been running around pretty much the Southern Hemisphere doing clinics. I've been in New Zealand. I've been uh, all around Australia. Um, just been scheduling some clinic dates for up in Japan, which is which is coming up early in the year. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I think I almost broke the world record for lessons last week. I did 188 lessons in 16 days. Oh, wow. So um, I'm really on the on the move, um, simply because I love it. Um, and um, I really do enjoy it. And people say to me, how do you do that, many? And it's like, well, actually, I don't get sick of it. Probably the only thing that happens is I get a bit tired. But, but other than that, I, I really don't get sick of it. I think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> Well, you know, isn't it great that we have something that we have a passion for, you know, and we get to do a job that we enjoy so much? Yeah, look, I, every day I'm blessed to, to to really work with, with animals and in the fresh air. And, um, and just the thing about it, too, is you're dealing with people when they're having fun. You know, it's not like you're a, a doctor telling people they've got a month to live or something. It's... it's um, you're dealing with people when they're having fun and, and, and if I can help them to have a little more fun and maybe enjoy their horse or explain to them what their horse is trying to tell them, that, that really just gives me a kick every time and, yeah, I can't believe I have to get paid for I get paid for it. I'm, I mean, sometimes I ride the most nicest horses and I feel like I have to pay the people that own them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a bad gig, is it? And, uh, you know, as you say, to... to have have the you know such a healthy lifestyle and be doing what you love doing. But uh, tell me about your own horses. And I know the last time we spoke, a victory salute was still in quarantine from the World Equestrian Games. Is he home now? Yeah, he's home. He came back uh, last Monday in great shape. Um, IRT did a fantastic job. The horses flew from Chicago down to Auckland and did most of the quarantining in Auckland. Um, he was the hairiest I've ever seen him, so I'm pretty much <laughs> tipping that the Northern Hemisphere are having a pretty tough winter because if the horse's instinct is anything to go from, I've never seen this horse so hairy. So we've we've clipped him. Thankfully, it's not too hot here, so he's he, he wouldn't be struggling too much as far as seasonal conditions. But um, we've brought him back into work, and I must say he feels as fit and as healthy as the day we left Kentucky. It really... It hasn't seemed to phase him at all, apart from maybe a little bit of um, fitness as far as length of riding. But the actual quality of the work is is very good. I'm I'm very happy the way he's come through. Oh, that's through really the, um, that's very encouraging, isn't it? After because it, it must have been a concern to you having you know there's so much uh, involved with the travel and the quarantine, and it was a yeah. huge exercise, wasn't it? Just getting to and from the games. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it is a major risk for us, and and it's a very real risk that we have to live with, and and um, it has to become part of our management process that we really just take care of travel, and and, and I guess we have to learn to be the best travel horse traveling experts in the world. That's our job. We we because we do travel such distances, we 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 really owe it horses not to know 
every little bit of information about how to do this properly and thankfully we have great experts in the field with IRT and their grooms um, so yeah they've delivered pretty much all the well they have delivered all the World Equestrian Games horses back to us all in great shape you know the eventing horses and the, the, um, the para horses and the other dressage horses have all come back in great shape so yeah I mean it's been hard watching everyone competing over in Europe and seeing them all on their horses from Kentucky and and knowing that our horses are sitting in a paddock somewhere in New Zealand. But um, now he's home and, and now I've felt him. It feels fantastic. You know, it really... Sometimes I think maybe we can overdo it and maybe the rest does in the world of good. Well, what, what now for him? You say you've got him back into some gentle work. And what's his schedule look like for the next few weeks? Um, look, my... Well... For the next few weeks, it'll be still light work. I mean, it still involves Piaf Passage. It's not like we're really trotting around on a long way, and it just means that, you know, he still does the Grand Prix routine work, but not for as long, um, because it's all about building up muscle condition and, and, and routine again. Um, but I think the plan for next year will be to, to, to do the minimum, um, because it, we have to travel vast distances here. So my plan is to travel small distances and to get qualified for the World Cup final, which is at the end of next year, which we've just had in Werribee for this year, um, do my two qualifiers and then do the World Cup final in Melbourne um, at the end of next year to try and gain qualification again then for the World Cup final 2012, which will be like it was this year. Uh, it'll be the, the, the start of our 2012 campaign. So for us, it's all about trying to keep him fit and healthy and, and really fresh, uh, do the minimum work, do the minimum travel to just arrive back into Europe in 2012 with a with a fit, healthy horse. Good. And, of course, you've got a lot of other horses that you're you're riding every day apart from your, your clinic, so you're you're still as busy as ever, and, and you do have the baby as well. Are you, are you the one that's still getting up in the middle of the night? <laughs> no, I... <laughs> I seem to get out of that, Judy, maybe because I am so busy, but uh, the other day I was sort of given the, the, the chance to put him to bed for the first time, and I really struggled. I'm not sure how my wife ca- ca- copes with that, but, um, yeah, no, as far as the stables goes, it's I have two very good staff, and um, and they take care of everything while I'm away. I possibly have the best stable of horses I've ever had, at the moment, I've just got a really nice small tour horse and um, who's showing everything for Grand Prix. And then I have a, a really nice horse that's, that, that's in advanced level, which um, as far as EFA, the EA tests go, the national tests, he, he was third um, in Australia at, at medium level. And, um, yeah, he's a very nice horse going forward. And then we have a very nice imported horse around six years old that's doing the, the M level, moving now into flying changes and half passes and, and going into the double for the first time. So, um, and then I have a very nice young horse here. So I have a, a really good succession of nice horses um, together with the stallion that we have over that's in training with Edward Edward Gale and Nicole Werner, um, who will also be a, a, a Grand Prix horse in contention for London. So I'm very lucky with the horses that I have. Well, good. And but do you get a bit of a break as you get into the holiday season, Brett? Is that an option? Yeah. Yes and no. It, it will be around late um, January. The only reason being is because when most people go away on holidays, they often send their horses to us for a little bit of schooling, or um, or they themselves come and have some schooling. So we find that's one of our busiest periods um, through this period now. So. We'll work while everyone else is holidaying, and then when everyone else goes back to work, we might go and have a little, little break. Well, I know the last time you were on the show, uh, we revealed, of course, your, your sporting pursuits as a rugby player, but I have to ask you, since the Ashes, of course, and for those who follow cricket will know that Australia is playing host to England right now, but we're giving you a bit of a beating, Brett. Is that OK? Yeah. Yeah, look, it's, I'm, I'm not a big cricket follower, but I know enough about it to know that we're coming second in the two-horse race. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and the media are really not happy about it, as you can imagine. Australia is a very proud sporting nation and possibly the only country that we don't like losing to is England. 
Um, so yeah, it's on the news all day, every day. They've they've changed the team. They're putting it all back together, and yeah, it's not looking good. <laughs> Let's just hope that a bit of good old Aussie fighting spirit can come up and and start to start to compete a little better and give you a run for your money. There you go. Well, it's not over by any means, but you know well, we got one one under our belt in a draw as well. But um, I I have to tell you, Boyd Martin. Uh, is a, a guest co-host on the eventing radio show from time to time, and he's going to be on next week. And I'm already giving him a bit of a, a bit a bit of a hard time via text messaging, you know, because we're we are whooping yeah. you down under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's one of my best friends, Boyd Martin, and um, yeah, I, uh, you'll certainly get a bit of banter back from him. He um, <laughs> he's one hell of a character, that guy. But he's one of my greatest friends, and it was great to see him in Kentucky. We did. Um, we caught up throughout the whole event, and he was one of the most vocal supporters of me when I rode out of the arena. And, and I was likewise there the day he rode cross country. And um, yeah, it's a, he's a great guy and a great sportsman himself. He was a great sportsman, so I can understand his interest in the in the Australian cricket. Yeah, m- most definitely, you know. But I I told him, you know, he's it's it's going to take quite a bit for him to uh, you know get back at us. Um, but I'll be giving him a hard time next week on the show for sure. good stuff (laughs) alright well we're going to take a short break here Brett to hear from our presenting sponsors back on track and then when we come back we're going to talk about that uh, final competition down under this year Werribee so don't go away we'll be back in just a second There's a company that we just love that offers products to improve lifestyle and mobility, and they have been the mainstay in European therapeutic therapies for many years. Plus, they are used and endorsed by many of the top dressage, eventing, and show jumping riders worldwide. We are talking about back on track, of course. If you're looking for a quality ho- holiday gift for any horse lover that will truly benefit their horse, then look no further than any of Back on Track's products, including exercise boots, bell boots, saddle pads, sheets, and so much more. You can find all of their products at BackOnTrackProducts.com. That's BackOnTrackProducts.com. Or give them a call at 888-758-9836. That's 888-758-9836. Well, I'm back with my co-host this week, Brett Parbury, from all the way from New South Wales. Um, but you, uh, you're a little way from Werribee. Everywhere's a distance in Australia, isn't it? And it was Werribee this past weekend. Did you follow that competition from home? Yeah, I did. I, I followed it with interest uh, for a few reasons. One, uh, it was a whole new field of horses um, with Chantel Wigan returning back to Australia with Ferrero uh, after spending... Uh, well, at least the last three years in Europe. Um, then we had Mary Hannah with Sunset and with Umbro, two new horses of hers. Heath Ryan was in the mix with Regardo Moi and Rosie Ryan with Jive Magic. So it was very interesting for me to see who uh, would come out on top in that competition and um, and also then take uh, Australia forward to the World Cup final. And I would, was very interested to find out who would win it because it comes down to who will travel to the World Cup final uh, next year. I know, for example, if Heath Ryan was to win it, I doubt whether he would have travelled to to Europe to go to the World Cup final. So, um, with uh, Chantel Wigan and Ferrero winning it, winning the final with 69%, I haven't spoken with Chantel, but I'm sure she will travel to the World Cup final, which gives us uh, uh, it's good for us because we have another person then in Europe to then be able to be available, sorry, for selection to compete in the regional qualifier, which is something that we have to do against Japan and New Zealand uh, in order to gain a position in the 2012 Olympic Games. So for us, it was an important um, strategy that the person who won the event would then travel to give us another person to pick from. So, yeah, that's why I was following it with a lot of interest. And how far would Werribee be from where you are, just to give us a, a context of, of your distances that you guys have to cover for these shows, Brett? Yeah, for me, it's about nine and a half to ten hours. Um, for someone like Chantel, it is a long way. Uh, it would be probably over, well, 2,000 kilometres or 1,800 kilometres for Chantel to travel from Brisbane to Melbourne. Yeah. That's a 
it's a full two-day drive. Um, for me, from people from Sydney, it's about eleven, between eleven and thirteen hours. Uh, I'm I'm on the Melbourne. I'm one and a half hours to the Melbourne side of of um, Sydney. So for us, it's it's a ten-hour drive. And I must say that last couple of hours since we moved down here from Sydney, that last couple of hours is really nice to be able to turn off when everyone else has to keep going. So yeah, look, distance is a big problem for us. Yeah, um, some years ago I drove from Melbourne up to Sydney, then up to to Brisbane, but um, I went via Jindabyne and, you know, had a bit of fun there along the way. But, you know, it just makes you appreciate the distances. And if you break down out there... (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. No, it's a remote country and, and, and distance has always been our problem. And this is one reason why... I don't like t- travelling horses around just for the sake of going to a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that travel is one of the big risks as far as ulcers and and uh, wear and tear on joints and legs. Um, so for me, I'd prefer to stay at home and train on sur- the surface that I know fits the horse um, and just wait till the horses are really in a position to then go and compete and make a mark on on um, on, on their career. Um, rather than just travel horses around Australia just for the sake of being a part of a show. You wouldn't get many, I wouldn't think, over in Perth. If, if Once you're over in Perth, that's it. You pretty much stay there. I mean, I've driven all over all over the country, and driving from, say, Melbourne and then Adelaide across the Nullabar, you, you wouldn't want to yeah. do that too often. You wouldn't want to do it with horses too often, would you? No. The people that travel from over there, they usually come over and base for a season, um, look, Perth's the most remote, I think, is the most remote city in the world, capital city in the world, um, as far as the state capital. Uh, and, yeah, look, I think that that travel is such a daunting uh, experience. I think it's, I just can't remember, it's something like 3,000 kilometres before from one end of the Millable plane to the other, or something like that. It's just an incredible huge, distance. Yeah, it's huge distance, and and there is yeah. nothing, absolutely nothing in between except the wind. No, yeah, yeah, no. horrible place to to break down. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right. Well, I think as you said, with Werribee, that wraps up your season down under. But over course in Europe, it's all happening. They're on now to London Olympia for this next leg this weekend. Um, that's the 2010-2011, of course, Remac FEI World Cup Series that moves moves into London and always a very popular competition that is a very festive show. Um, everybody dresses up in costume and they have Shetland Pony races and, and, of course, some great competition with the World Cup qualifiers, both with jumping and dressage. So lots of fun there. We will bring you, of course, the results from that World Cup qualifier next week here on the Dressage Radio Show. But we're going to take a short break here to listen to Glenn, who has news from uh, our sponsors in equestrian collections. And then when we come back, uh, we're going to hear from a, a very bright young upcoming talent, Endel Otz. <laughs> Your source for all your holiday shopping this year is EquestrianCollections.com. EquestrianCollections.com offers all the holiday gift-giving ideas that you would ever want for your wife, for your husband, for the horsey kids in your life, for your horse. You can cover them all, your farrier, your veterinarian, all the professionals in the horse world are covered as well. You can find all the gifts you'd possibly need at equestriancollections.com. And just for the listeners of the Horse Radio Network, they have offered a coupon. Just a promo, use the promo code radio show, all one word radio show at checkout and you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more. So that's coupon code radio show at checkout and you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more for all of your holiday shopping needs at equestriancollections.com. Well, Brett, I managed to catch up with a young man called Endel Otz. Very interesting name. I think it's of Swedish origin. And Endel is heading over to Germany, as we speak, to spend a year with Hubertus Schmidt. And he was obviously very, very excited about that prospect. Very nervous, too, as you can imagine, for a young man. 
leaving home and his siblings and family all behind. Um, but I yeah. want to share you that with you, uh, Brett, because it really was an inspiration, and we're very excited. We're going to be following Endel as he uh, makes that journey over there and what he gets up to for the next 12 years, so 12 months. So let's uh, just get Endel on the line. Endel, hello, and welcome to the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Well, uh, thank you very much. I- I'm happy to be here. Well, we're very lucky to catch you before you set off for pastures new and a very, very exciting future uh, year ahead of you to spend time with uh, Huberta Smith in Germany. Uh, I know I know you've got a lot to do in getting ready and getting your horse over there and, and everything, so thank you for spending time with us. And tell us a little bit about how that all came about, um, Endel. You know, I mean, it's not an opportunity that you get every day. Um, well, uh, um, I, uh, I worked at uh, KYB Dressage for, uh, for seven years, and um, my dad had some uh, issues up at his farm uh, up in uh, Green Bay. It was just not being run very well. So um, I, I had to uh, uh, leave that position at KYB, and um, in the uh, decision to do so, um, both my father and I kind of discussed the possibility of going over to uh, um, Germany or how Europe or to really further my education um, because we, we heard um, I went to the Young Rider grad program in Florida and um, they had Tom Fletcher's down there and who also trained with Hubertus um, and he talked about not starting a career um, too early and really really focusing on education and uh, learning and, and keep on learning and that um, really uh, felt right to me to, to keep not um, not just rush into, you know, a career and making money and stuff, but really, really learn how to uh, hopefully ride properly and correctly and, and, and uh, train horses really well. And um, I had, uh, uh, we have taken some clinics with uh, Gary Rockwell um, before he was an O-judge because we couldn't when he became an O-judge because we would ride in front of him all the time. But uh, he was uh, always a good friend of mine, and, and he heard that I was interested in going over to Germany. And um, he uh, uh, he called me up, and he said that, um, you know, he could uh, have me uh, look at a couple places there and make a couple phone calls. And um, uh, uh, one of the names, uh, the first person on his list is uh, Hubert Schmidt, and um, I uh, I was very excited and very nervous about it, um, and uh, uh, very thankful that uh, um, you know he would uh, go out of his way to make all these phone calls and and uh, talk to people, and um, it uh, uh, he set up uh, uh, some test rides for me to go over there um, in. Uh, um, November, and I went over there and, and rode for him, and uh, it worked out uh, uh, really well. I rode a three St. George horse, and then uh, a little four-year-old, and um, uh, he, he, he really cared when he helped me and, and paid a lot of attention to my riding, and didn't just tell me good or more forward or sit back or anything, but, but really, really detailed focus instructions and and he really cared you know just to help this random kid um you know coming off the street to you know ask him if i can uh, take some lessons and, and and get better um so no i was very thankful with that and i uh, i asked gary too i was like you know thank you so much for going out of your way to do all that stuff and i said why 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 would just out of curiosity why would you do that and he said you know what one person did that for me when I was uh, um, a younger person, and uh, he's like, I hope that, uh, you know, you would pay it forward and do it for somebody else. So uh, I owe very, very much to uh, to Gary Rockwell for doing that, and, and I'm very, very thankful um, to uh, for having him make the, the contacts in there and, and getting me over there. And um, I, uh, I know that I represent him and represent the U.S. and uh, my family. Uh, KYB Dressage and a lot of people when I go over there and uh, I absolutely promise all those people I will do my best. Well, you've already made great strides in the sport, uh, Endel, with being a, a bronze, silver and gold medalist at USDF and you've had some really good horses under your hands. I know you, you used to ride Bentley, didn't you, um, who is now ridden by Megan Davis and she's in Germany as we speak making uh, her way over there for the first time very very excited we had her on the show not so long ago but tell us a little bit um, about how you got started because as i said you you you're really quite well established as a young rider you're now what 25 i believe yes 
yes. Um, I, um, uh, my father, he always liked the idea of having a, a, a farm, and in, uh, he liked the old TV show Bonanza. And um, we started riding in a tiny little um, um, stable right near a... Um, uh, right in, in kind of downtown Green Bay, and uh, we we did a lot of jumping, and I, uh, they did have a little bit of dressage, but it was uh, kind of a, a, a jumping barn more or less, and um, I did a lot of jumping, and, and, and I liked it, and I thought it was fun, but at a certain point, I, I got a little bored. I I, um, I kind of figured, and, and I'm sure there's more to jumping than that, but it just felt like if you had the guts to go over the fence, and you thought about it a little bit, and you had a horse, you could do it, you could do pretty good, and um, then I don't know. I, I just got bored with it. The adrenaline rush kind of wore down for me, and um, then we started to do some dressage lessons, and I really liked it. It was so complicated and so complex, and I don't know why, but we almost be crazy to do a sport where you're never good enough at it, and you know, you never get a hundred percent. And um, but uh, I really liked it, and it it. it really was motivating to me and, and I liked how beautiful the horses went and um, of course watching the old videos of Ula and uh, a few birdness and everybody uh, was very very motivating to me and um, then I, I um, went to uh, the regional championships in um, Kentucky actually and I saw Cassie Bartow ride and she rode a horse named Warwick riding. she had these big red lipsticks and she was riding around and it looked so good it was just the, the the harmony between the the horse and rider was just amazing. Just something I had had only seen in the videos between Ula and and Hubertus and and all those famous people. And I I wanted to do that. So um, I had my uh, uh, my father was there and uh, we talked to uh, Kim Barto and uh, Yvonne Barto and uh, set up a time for me to go down there to uh, Indian Hills where they were training at the time. And uh, I took a couple lessons from them. And I, uh, it, it pretty much stayed there for seven years, and um, it was uh, just a fantastic thing. And uh, you know, I met so many great people and got to ride so many uh, fantastic horses. Um, I, I really, really have uh, you know the horses to thank so much because I have uh, messed up plenty of horses in my time. So, in uh, of course trying to to make them correct, but uh, you know, uh, we all do, and. Um, Hopefully, uh, uh, in going over there to Hubertus' place, uh, I can mess up less horses and uh, uh, ride a little bit better. Well, a lot of people would say for a young man, there would be a lot of thrill of galloping cross-country or jumping, and that would be the adrenaline rush. So what is it that gives you goosebumps about this sport, Endel? The 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 feeling that, that, that one test where you just feel that, is you're just so connected to that horse that you just think something and then they do it. You know, the, that's the communication when you when you get it right, you know, that where you, you work at it every day and, and working for that trueness and that correctness and just to feel that one really super shoulder in or that, that really great half pass and then the next seven half passes are not good. But that just that one half pass or that one shoulder in or, or getting on a, a three-year-old and having them go around for and, and feel so connected to you and so on your age. I, I, I love that. I, I really like it. And um, I, I love showing, too. I, I'm a, a very competitive person, and, and I really take it very seriously. And uh, I like the fact that, you know, you can go out there and you can show off your horse and show off how connected and with you that horse is. And... Um, that to me is, I don't know, that stuff gives me goosebumps and, and it gives me the drive to get up every morning and uh, uh, try to get it a little bit better and a little bit better. Do you remember when you first got on a pony or, or a horse as a child? And, and, of course, as a young boy, you probably had the opportunity to do other boy sports. Was there anything else that, that triggered your imagination when you were younger? Uh you know, I, I did play basketball, but uh, I can't jump, and I'm a lousy <laughs> shot at basketball, but uh, I um, I was good at football, actually. I can run, and uh, I can go pretty decent, and I liked it, and I was in, in um, you know, playing football quite a lot, and, and it just came down to the point where the football practices and then the, the horseback riding lessons, they, they were starting to conflict, and, and I had to make a choice between one or the other. And, um, 
Yeah, football was fun, and it was an adrenaline rush and 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 all that. But but I really liked the horses. I really liked riding and and just being around them. I mean, they're just they're just fantastic animals, and they're so forgiving of all our mistakes and stuff. And and even the ones that that aren't forgiving, they teach you so much. And it's I don't know. It's the hardest thing. My dad even talked to me. He's a neurosurgeon up in Wisconsin, and uh, I was kind of. He was asking me about how this stuff works and how everything works, and he's like, "This is so much more complicated than brain surgery." He said that. Uh, <laughs> he's like, you know, brain surgery. He's actually. He's like, you know, even you could do it. I know it's pretty simple. You just, you know, read a couple books, and you know, I mean, you practice a couple times, and uh, then you kind of got it. But he's like, "This is so different. Every horse is different, and one horse this works." with and another one this works with and he goes I don't know that seems very very hard but I, I, I like that and, and it's very very motivating to me Do you have any family members any siblings that are involved with horses at all? Um, my my brother he uh, did do some jumping at uh, um, some jumping shows up here and he is in college in um, Milwaukee right now and he did uh, some jumping in the summertime um, uh, he didn't like the dressage. He was—he's pretty much the polar opposite of me. He really likes that big adrenaline rush and the the quick running and jumping and and going really fast and beating everybody. And he uh, he would go so fast on those courses that you know either no one could catch him and if he would go clear and he would always win or he would knock on every single post and get eliminated and be dead last. And <laughs> I asked him. I said, Why don't you just slow down a little bit and then you can win some and you can lose some and you make some money off it, more money than we'll make in the dressage and stuff. And uh, he's like, I don't want to lose anybody but myself. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. So uh, I let him go. And my uh, my little sister, Heather, um, she is 17. And um, I, uh, I coached her to, uh, um, she got the bronze freestyle medal at, uh, um, as a junior at the NAJYRC. Um, and she really likes uh, the horses and, and riding. And um, her horse right now is, uh, um, she's working with Patty Becker um, in Wisconsin down there. And um, uh, they both are doing a super job and they really, really, really get along um, super well. And um, she likes it. And um we were talking one day to see, you know, hey, you know, I mean, is this something you want to do as a sport? And she just, I mean, as as a profession, and she is just, I see how hard it is. She she said, I see how hard it is and, and how hard you have to work and how you have to get up every day. And, and you know, you have to, you know, uh, you know how hard you everybody in the dressage sport has to work and, and how motivated they are. And she said, I'm just not that way. I just, I really like it, but I like my snowboarding and my friends and, and hanging out with people. I it's very hard to to see my life focused around uh, just one sport. What's your brother's name? My brother's name is Yuri. So there's just the three of you, but you sound like you're all sporting. Uh, yeah, um, we have uh, we have a there's a I have a little brother, and he's on our website too. He is uh, um, he's five years old, and uh, he does a little bit of riding, but uh, he. Um, is planning on being Batman, so I don't know how if he's going to go into the riding. But we asked him the other day what he wanted to do, and he said, uh, "I, I want to be Batman, and uh, I want to protect the farm." So uh, that's that's good. We uh, can always use another Batman. There you go. Absolutely. Well, I know you're getting ready to head off now to Germany. Is this going to be the first time you've actually spent an extended period in Europe? Yeah, um, my grandmother um, is in uh, uh, in Sweden, and we have some relatives from there, and so we would go there, uh, you know, for a week here or there. Um, and uh, we have visited Germany, and and of course, you know, to Austria to the Spanish Riding School to watch them. And um, yeah, so this will be the this will be the longest. Uh, Stay by myself. Everybody else seems way more nervous for me, and everybody's always like, "Aren't you gonna, you know, are you gonna be okay? Are you gonna be fine? I mean, are you nervous?" And I said, "No, I mean, I'm excited. I want to do it, and um, I can't wait. I've been chomping in the bitch for it for for a while, so I, I uh, I'm I'm very excited about it. I think it'll be a lot of fun, hard but fun. And you're going to be there for a year. Where exactly are you going to be based? Where Where is Hubertus's? Um, Hubertus is uh, um, in, in near Paderborn, um, and uh, um, I think it is in. Uh, I, I used the GPS on the car when I was there last time, <laughs> but uh, I think it's uh, near southern Germany. But I'm sure someone's screaming at the radio saying I'm wrong. But um, it, it's uh, actually such a cool 
little town. It's just, uh, it's just beautiful. I mean, it's just this tiny little town, and um, then you drive up this little dirt road, and um, there's a nice big river on the side, and then there's uh, Hubertus's farm. And uh, let me tell you, it was very nervous going down that driveway. I actually pulled over and I sat there, and I was all nervous when I that first day, and I was trying to like I don't know I don't know what I was doing, but I was just sitting there on the side of that dirt road, you know, all scared to go in. And then I parked and I go in there, and then uh, I saw Hubertus's wife and talked to her for a second, and um, then went in and we talked to Hubertus, and he was uh, uh, super nice, and uh, it was uh, it got way better from there, but I was. Uh, uh, shaking, I was so nervous, and I thought I was going to pinch myself. It didn't seem real. I was just sitting there, like, oh, Jupiter Schmidt, like right there, and he's telling me I can get on this horse. It was very, very cool. I was very excited. I felt like a, uh, a little kid. <laughs> How's your German? Uh, it's okay. Um, it's it's not super. Um, I uh, took in high school. Um, I took uh, three years of German. Now I wish I would have taken four. Um, but uh, I I didn't study it super well. I am um, driving down to uh, Kim Yvonne's pretty much every weekend, which was four hours uh, uh, south from where we are. So my schoolwork suffered a little bit there. But uh, I've been uh, I've been studying it every night, and I, I can do all right. But um, when I get nervous, I revert back to English. But their their English is really good. But uh, I, I'm I'm quite excited. I I, I really. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, work on my German. I think it's, uh, I think it's important for for anybody to uh, to learn another language, and, and you know, it, it makes us better. I mean, to, to have Germans and, and everybody else uh, speak English. I mean, you know, it, I think it shows some respect that you go to somebody else's country and then you, you you put forth an effort, even if it's really hard to learn their language. Well, I'm sure you'll come back quite fluent in German, and a, a very much more accomplished rider. Uh, with uh, that European experience, uh, it w- which will be invaluable. Uh, and we want to wish you the very, very best of luck with your travels and uh, have a great Christmas. Uh, and, and, you know, come back and see us on the show. You know, once you've uh, spent some time over there, we'll keep up with you. Well, fantastic. Well, I wanted to thank you so much and, uh, um, and also thank Gary again. You know, I, I'm sure you're listening, Gary, or, or, or a friend of Gary. And, and, you know, that's just such a good guy. You know, he's, he really cares about the sport. Now, of course, an amazing judge, but a really good person, you know. And, of course, my family for uh, supporting me and uh, uh, friends and everybody else. But uh, um, so I, I promise I, I'll do good. I'll work hard. And, uh uh, I, I hope to learn a lot. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Well, as they would say over there, vielen Glück and schönes Weihnachten. Ah, tschüss. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Ah, thank you, Well, uh, best of luck to Endel. You know, it's very exciting for a young man to, you know, to pack up his bags and uh, go halfway across the world to seek his fortune. You know what that's like, Brett. Yeah, I do, and I know the stable he's going to uh, with Hubert Schmidt. It's a wonderful place to train, wonderful family environment, so I'd like to wish him all the best, and he will not look back from from this opportunity onwards. It'll be it'll be something that'll change his career, so good luck to him from, from all of us here in Australia. Thank you. Well, absolutely, and we will get Andal uh, back on the show and see how that's going for him. And uh, fortunately, he's pretty fluent in German, too. That helps a lot. Did, did you find the language was a problem, Brett, or did you have a bit of German before you went over there? No, my German's very basic, and, and I did find it a problem, and it actually it was such a problem that it probably contributed to me relocating to Holland in a small way um, this year because I just find Holland, for me, for a non-German-speaking um, and non-Dutch-speaking person... Um, I found I find Holland a much easier place to live uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one of them is communication. The second one is just the fact that you can turn on television and watch um, English-speaking programs. So when you are basing somewhere for a long time, it, it, the living conditions of of um, the country or the living environment you're in can can do a lot for your head and your confidence. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, well, it certainly is, but it's a wonderful ex- experience, and uh, we want to wish, wish him well, and uh, as I say, we will catch up with Endel next year. Well, we're going to take another short break to hear from our friends over at Kentucky Performance Products, and then when we come back, Brett's got some great tips for you this week, so don't go away. We'll be back in just a second. 
All horses have individual nutritional needs, and we know that meeting them can be challenging. It doesn't matter if you are a professional horseman or a weekend warrior. You want to provide the nutrition necessary for your horse to thrive. The experts at Kentucky Performance Products understand this and have developed supplements that target specific needs. KPP's products are formulated to complement today's feeds and safeguard against over-supplementation. Best of all, their supplements work. To choose the right KPP supplement for your horse, go to kppusa.com. Or to learn more about horse nutrition and interact with the experts at KPP, join their Facebook page. Just search for Kentucky Performance Products. Our thanks again to Kentucky Performance Products, very, very loyal sponsors here on the Horse Radio Network, and uh, we want to send our Christmas wishes over to everybody at uh, Kentucky Performance Products there in Versailles, Kentucky. Well, I'm back with my co-host, Brett Parbury. Brett, um, you've got, I believe, two really cracking tips this week. We, you know, we, Both of them, I thought, were so good, we have to run with one. I think the first one is really good advice because it's very easy to get stuck in circles, but I think you're going to remind everybody how important it is to train riding in those distinct lines that you're going to be riding in the test. And then I think yeah. the second, t- second tip is going to be about trying to get the motions out of your riding and ride with a distinct plan. Yes, no, because I, I, um, I know how it is to train uh, remotely and, and on your own. And let's face it, most people in the world of dressage do train on their own. So I think it's highly important to have a structure um, with your riding. And the first tip I'd like to give is, as you just said, that when we do ride on our own, we can get a little bit fixated on something and find after 15 minutes that we've done repetitious 20-metre circles one after the other trying to sort out a problem. And really we have to be aware of what we're training our horse to do. And I find that, well, firstly... There's not one dressage test in the world that requires us to do repetitious 20-metre circles one after the other. So, therefore, I find that what helps me uh, create some structure and pattern to my riding is to just ride the the lines of a test, of of a dressage arena. So, long sides, corners, short sides, uh, short diagonals, long diagonals centre lines, quarter lines, and just trying to place the horse in those, on those lines. And, and first of all, gain, try to gain foot-perfect control over those lines and then start to train transitions and, and with, both within and between the paces on those lines and then train um, going from working paces to collected paces on, on the lines of the test. And occasionally you might throw a 20-metre circle in, but it's a good way to make sure that when you go from the warm-up arena or from your training into your test, suddenly you're not riding lines which are foreign to you and your horse. So I'd like to say to people just when you warm up or when you're, when you're training, just stay on the outside track, go through your corners, ride your centre lines, make transitions on your centre lines, make, make exercises that finish it from start at one point and finish at another that you've chosen to just try and gain perfect control over your horse and, and, and then try to then alter and make your corrections within those lines and within that foot perfect control. So that's my first tip. And the second tip I'd like to say, and I, I also notice this a lot when I go around teaching because I do teach a lot of people who inevitably have to train on their own. That when I mean, we all know the, the, the strategy of having a plan before you ride and making sure that you have a good clear uh, process of, of what you want to do in your head but what happens when the plan doesn't work and what happens when you started out thinking you were going to train half passes but you get stuck on training shoulder in or stuck on training walk trot transitions and what my advice there is to just make sure that this the horse doesn't know the plan and the horse doesn't understand what our uh, our um, motives and incentives are and the goals that we set for ourselves so just probably the biggest plan I think you should find to hop on a horse with is to ride without emotion and every time an emotional circumstance arises just think to yourself quickly no emotion stick to the plan this is what I want to try and do if it's not working this is what I must do 
and just try to stick to the basics and the better your basics become and the less you're emotional about it and the more you just repetitiously go through your basics and, and, and your aids and, and keep reviewing yourself and reviewing what you're communicating with the horse, I think the quicker and easier it is to, to train them and also when you hop off, you're never disappointed in yourself. You're always glad that you gave it your best shot and the horse um I find that you tend to they tend to um learn a lot quicker. So yeah, they're my both they're both my tips for the day. Stick to the lines and ride without emotion. Well, that's great advice, you know, and it's so easy to get emotional about something because we feel so passionately about it and we want to perfect it and you know sometimes we just have to stand back and just take a deep breath and you know go for a yeah. hack if it's not working that's right and look the horses don't understand emotion they don't understand goal our goals um they only understand the information that we're giving to them and it's just important to review the information make sure your information your body is telling the horse correctly and as to what it should do and then just to keep non-emotional about it and just keep repeating it. I mean, if you repeat something over and over again, eventually the horse will learn it. And and um, the less emotional we are about it and the less we are in a hurry, the more chance the horse is of understanding it. Yeah, very, very good advice. Well, thanks for that, Brett. Well, that about wraps it up for us uh, this week here on the show. It's getting very close to Christmas. And do you do anything special? I mean, with having a baby, I guess he not quite get doesn't wouldn't quite get the Christmas thing yet, would he? No, I think whilst the a lot of the um, family are buying him presents, I think as most babies are, they're most more excited about the paper that it comes in. So, <laughs> so I'm. Um, oh, we're very excited here to spend our first Christmas with Jake and and to just. Watching grow up day by day is just fantastic. It just has removed, well, not removed, but it's just taken our priorities a little bit off the, the competition side of things and onto family. And I think for me that's important because I'm such a competitive person. And, and when I say I'm competitive, I'm competitive with myself. I don't really care if someone beats me. It's just that I'm, I'm really competitive with myself. And it just gives me another distraction to just take away from the intensity of competition and, and um, gives me a chance to sort of reflect back on a, a, a good year for us and um, and hopefully plan forward to next year and, um, and and onwards. Well, what does Christmas look like down under, Brett? Do you do the turkey thing, you know, being the, in the colonies? Do you do all the British, uh, you know, traditions or, or do, you, do, you do you do a barbie because it's nice and warm? Well, I grew up with the traditional uh, British... Uh, lunch, Christmas lunch with the with the hot meats and the turkeys and everything. But now I've moved um, about ten hours away from my parents. I tend to, we spend Christmas with my wife's parents and they tend to do the cold meats and and uh, the barbecue uh, outside. So yeah, it's it is a very very different um, feel about Christmas. Um, I mean, it's amazing that the shops in town will spray fake snow <laughs> in their window arrangements and everybody uh for us christmas is a winter feeling but we do spend it in the middle of summer it's a really unusual combination but uh yeah look it's normally now it's normally a day to sit outside and and really relax i mean ultimately for us and for every other horse person around the world we end up doing the normal horse duties and um, usually after lunch, we convince a few of the family members to come down and help us feed hay and, and lunch <laughs> to the horses. But, um, yeah, we've made a bit of a thing here this year. I have a very good group of people that work for me, and we've said that, okay, if it's going to be one and it's going to be all in, we'll all get in and do the work together and get it over and done with, and then we'll all go and spend the day with our family. So, um, yeah, the morning will be the same as every other morning, but uh, then the day will be sitting around eating and, complaining how full we are <laughs> <laughs> well i guess one of your new um roles is going to be playing santa isn't it yes yeah i'm very excited about that <laughs> i um I, I was santa claus to, uh, last year or maybe the year before at the the werribee the werribee show that just went uh last weekend just was finished uh, last weekend i was uh, the mystery santa and i loved that dressing up as santa and it's funny, I put on a show with all of the riders and I got them all in there, Mary Hannah and Heath Ryan and Rosie Ryan, and I did this 
this uh, musical ride with them all on their feet, and uh, that was a lot of fun. So I've had one experience with Santa, but this one's the, the real deal. I can't mess this one up. Oh, to... no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't mess this one up. You know, there's a lot at stake here, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to remind everybody that they can follow us, of course, at dressizeradio.com where we post our show notes and also catch up with us on Facebook uh, on our fan page there. And we have well over a 1,000 fans now on Facebook, so uh, don't forget to leave your comments on there or you can send me an email, chris at horseradionetwork.com. You can also follow us at Twitter, of course, Chrissy Stafford or Horse Radio. Our number here, if you want to leave us a voicemail, is 270-803-0025. Well, I want to thank all our sponsors who make this show possible and, of course, our backstage crew for getting the shows out to us uh, every week, to you all every week. And don't forget to check out all of the other shows here on the Horse Radio Network. Well, Brett, I want to thank you for joining us from Down Under this week. Great to have you back on the show. I, um, I believe we've twisted your arm enough to come on and be a regular co-host, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It's great to hear what's happening around the world and, and um, yeah, just to catch up. And just every time I speak with you, Chris, knowing that you're in Lexington, it brings that great memory. So, so I really, um, really enjoy it. Well, great. Well, we look forward to catching up with you in the new year as uh, things start to unfold there down under it, well into the summer as we suffer these brutal temperatures here in Kentucky with two inches and three inches of snow and uh, you know, it really, it really is look, looking like it could be a white Christmas here in Kentucky. But I want to uh, remind you, we'll be back, of course, next week. I'll be here uh, with another host and yet more fun here on the Dressage Radio Show. So uh, until then... And thanks to everyone from around the world for listening to us. And don't forget to practice safe riding. And please always wear your helmet with the chin strap well fastened.